Jesus said to him, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. My name is Daniel. I have uh, the great privilege of being uh, the preacher inflicted upon you this morning. Um, I'm a friend of Amber's, uh, some other friends uh, of hers. Uh, we've been on retreat in y'all's lovely rectory uh, just for some Easter reflection, playtime, rest, do a little thrift shopping. Um, yeah, it's a gift to be with you today. So, yeah, we'll just start the sermon now. All right. I was in seventh grade in Mrs. Melvin's science class when there was a tap on my shoulder. It was my friend Leanna who sat behind me. I turned surreptitiously. We kept our voices low because, alas, Mrs. Melvin had all the personality of an angry possum. <laughs> What's up? I said to Leanna. My friend Amy has a crush on you, said Leanna. Will you be her boyfriend? I replied maturely, which one is Amy? <laughs> Leanna pointed. I followed the line of her finger while at the front of the room, Mrs. Melvin hissed and spat about the part of the frog anatomy called the cloaca. Her? I asked Leanna. Leanna shook her head. No, Amy is sitting behind her. Amy? wore Converse All-Stars and faded jeans that were deliberately torn at the ankle seams. I also wore Converse All-Stars and faded jeans that were deliberately torn at the ankle seams. Around her waist, Amy wore one of those belts that has a seatbelt buckle fastener. Ah, I thought, whimsical, but with an edge. I watched a moment as Amy doodled something on her wrist with a marker. Well... Leanna asked. Yeah, okay, I agreed. Leanna relayed the good news to Amy by the secret arts of seventh grade girls, and that was that. Amy and I were an item. For the first time, I had a girlfriend. I know you're shy. It, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> From an early age, we know intuitively that face-to-face -face conversations are difficult and awkward. They are risky. We risk rejection or embarrassment or being misunderstood. So we take our anxiety and we shunt it sideways. We get Leanna to be our go-between. In Jesus of Nazareth, God chooses to do things face to face. He says, this is the way, face to face, as much as possible. Jesus is the risk God is willing to take. He risks rejection, he risks embarrassment, he risks being misunderstood, he risks all that stuff that happens in junior high. And for the rest of everything after that, too, actually. Moving on. After Mrs. Melvin's class, Amy and I held hands in the hallway, and we learned each other's last names. <laughs> we discovered that we had everything in common. We both went to the high school football games on Friday nights. We both liked music. We both disliked Mrs. Melvin. We had everything in common. We held hands at each other's locker after break, after second period. 
We doodled on each other's wrists with markers so you know it was serious. We exchanged phone numbers but never used those phone numbers. Neither of us ever learned each other's middle names. Two or three months went by. One day, I decided that being somebody's boyfriend wasn't any fun. I had other stuff I wanted to do during break after second period, so maybe this relationship had run its course. I did the only appropriate thing. I called our mutual friend, Leanna. Hey, I said, I need you to call Amy and break up with her for me. <laughs> appropriate gravitas in the silence on the other line. Oof, she said. That'll be hard, but yeah, okay. Thanks, I said. Call me back and tell me how it went, because I was sensitive. I spent a few anxious minutes in my room trying unsuccessfully to do Mrs. Melvin's homework. After a few minutes, the phone finally rang. How'd it go, I asked. That was hard, she said. She cried a little. Probably you shouldn't be around her tomorrow. Oh, I said as though I was not entirely relieved to hear that. Yeah, okay. Just because we have dodged a hard encounter for a while doesn't mean that it's really gone. If God comes to us face to face in the incarnation of Jesus, we spend a whole lot of our energy trying to dodge that encounter. Part of what we see in the resurrection of Jesus is that the most important face-to-face -face encounters, those hard ones we dodge, they have a way of finding us. God raises Jesus from the grave, gives Jesus back to us face-to-face, -face, even after we have wronged him, even after we have abandoned and betrayed, even after we have tried to dodge the truth out of fear or anxiety or the risk of being misunderstood. The risen Christ comes to us that we might remember truthfully what has happened, and who we are called to be. God raises Jesus from the dead so that we might see face to face the one we have wronged, that we might be baptized in the name of the one we have dodged, that we might be forgiven by the one who still bears the marks on his wrists and the wound in his side, that we might be called children of God face to face by God's own Son. In the resurrection, God makes repentance possible. He helps us to remember truthfully how we should have been, how we will be. He ensures that the end of repentance is a joy more complete than we can possibly imagine. That is the way. At the football game that Friday night, Amy and I avoided each other. My parents noticed. The next time we were having dinner, my mom asked how Amy was doing. I said, oh, we broke up. Sorry to hear that, Mom said. I shrugged. No big deal. That was like 48 hours ago. I'd moved on. I wasn't thinking about it anymore. Mom was relentless in that way that moms can be. It sounds like this was your decision, Daniel, she said. I nodded. How did it go, Mom asked. I don't really know. I guess it was hard. Leanna said she cried some when she told her. They both stopped eating. A long pause stretched on and on into my unseen doom. Daniel, Dad said, did you get Leanna to break up with Amy for you? Yes, sir, 
I knew something was wrong, I just didn't know what it was. Dad left the table and went into the living room. Now this was the upstairs living room, which was a formal and sinister place. It had a glass coffee table and one of those couches that only guests were allowed to sit on. It had a bookshelf full of encyclopedias and other books you didn't actually read. It was a grown-up place for grown-up conversations. It was also the place where parental justice was meted out for transgression. Come in here, Dad said. I did. Dad was standing at the bookshelf with his Book of Common Prayer open. He was pointing at something. I remember vividly the size of his hands. What does this say, he said. I knew what the page was. It was the baptismal covenant. I had been confirmed earlier that fall. Apparently it didn't take. No, seriously, they made me do it again next year. I read the words he was pointing to. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? It's on page 305. I have never forgotten that page number. Will you respect the dignity of every human being? And then Dad said, And what did you say when the bishop asked you that? I will with God's help. He closed the book, put it back on the shelf. You promised you would do your best to respect everyone's dignity, Daniel. Do you think getting Leanna to break up with Amy for you was respecting Amy's dignity? No, sir, I do not. He nodded. The next time you have to have a hard conversation, you're going to do it face to face, aren't you? It was not a question. Yes, sir. I made a ton of mistakes since then, but never that one. That was the first time I understood that being a Christian means being accountable. That when we talk about following Jesus, we actually mean concrete, particular things. Following the way is not an abstract, loosely spiritual quality that just sort of wafts around us. It means there are things that we do and there are things that we don't do. One thing Christians do is that we have important conversations in person, especially when they're difficult, to the greatest extent possible. We don't get Leanna to do that for us. We don't gossip in the parking lot about third parties. We show up for each other, face to face, to the greatest extent possible, because showing up face to face is befitting creatures who are made in God's image. This is part of what Jesus means when he says, I am the way, no one comes to the Father except through me. The journey to God is not abstract. It happens in the risk of concrete encounters like the ones the disciples have, like the ones the disciples avoid so often. If we want to meet God, we have to meet the real faces of those around us. No one has ever seen God, John writes in the beginning of his gospel. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. I think this is why in John's Gospel, Jesus likes to hang out and talk. When he goes somewhere, he takes his time and sticks around. He talks for chapters and chapters and chapters. He has face-to-face conversations that take as long as they take. Sometimes they're uncomfortable. Nicodemus in the nighttime, the Samaritan woman at the well, this long Last Supper conversation he has in these final chapters we're now reading. Where Jesus says to his disciples, I don't call you servants. I have called you friends. That's an important one. 
I don't call you servants, I have called you friends. The affection there is startling, especially when it comes from the perfect image of God in Jesus Christ. It can be hard to name the love you have for people. It can be hard to have someone name it in front of you, face to face. There are some walls we would rather remain in place. If they come down, we risk rejection, embarrassment, being misunderstood. And yet this is precisely what God does in Jesus of Nazareth. We learn at an early age that face-to-face conversations are awkward and difficult. As people who follow the way, that fear is something that we have to outgrow. We have to move beyond spiritual milk to solid spiritual food. If we're honest, most of us never really outgrow that entirely. The temptation to dodge or distance ourselves with an emoji is always there. Rejection. Embarrassment. Being misunderstood. These are not things we like to risk, but they are the risks that are our companions on the way. They are the stuff of which the Christian life is made. For a long time now, face-to-face encounter has felt dangerous, has been dangerous. COVID, all these shootings we keep learning about. There is reason to be afraid. The world really is broken. There will always be reason to be afraid. Forget not that in Jesus of Nazareth, God risks intimacy and companionship and love for you. Face to face calls you to do the same. Don't give in to fear. Life is too short not to be brave. The face of the person sitting next to you is too precious in the eyes of God for you not to show up for them face to face to the greatest extent possible. You deserve to greet the perfect image of Christ in your neighbor. You deserve to have the image of Christ coaxed out of you by your neighbor. Love one another as God has loved you face to face to the greatest extent possible. Amen.